Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, Two questions uh, for us today, my sisters and brothers, uh, in your hearing. Uh, The word of God comes to us, the people of God, uh, asking of us, uh, yes, who do people say that I am? In today's gospel, Jesus asked these two questions of his disciples. Who do people say the Son of Man is? And who do you say that I am? It is now more than about 2,000 plus years. And we might still be struggling, my sisters and brothers, struggling to answer this question. Struggling to find its true personal meaning for each of us. Who are others saying he is? Who are you saying that he is? Perhaps, if you will allow me to suggest that we... Allow our imaginations just to review and to hear this incident with a curious mind. Curious. And for a few moments to just investigate its backstory. What's happening here? What part of this reading are we still to grasp? Are we still to have some insight into? Jesus in Caesarea Philippi. And his disciples has just gotten back from their mission. A mission of preaching and sharing the gospel. A mission where he had sent them out two by two. And he asked of them, who the people is now saying that I am? Maybe Jesus was trying to get a gauge as to what the status is in the region where they have just gone forth and evangelized, if you would. The disciples... Yes, the disciples laughed probably boyishly as various ones of them lift up their voices in response. Here is an approximation of possibly what took place on that day as Jesus posed the question to them as it is being posed to you and me today. Who are people saying that I am? Right where you live, right where you work, in your community. The disciples respond, believe it or not, Some think that you are John the Baptist, returned from the dead. The other ones said that you are, you're just a prophet. The prophet Elijah. It was hilarious for them to suggest such. A few, however, said that you, you are Jeremiah or one of those prophets. They just don't know what to make of you. And Jesus, as only he could, as probably they chuckled uh, with the revisiting of the words that they have encountered from the various ones in the marketplaces. Jesus uh, threw to them what would be considered that proverbial uh, proverbial curveball. And it crossed over their plate as he asked of them abruptly. And what about you? What about you? Who do you say? that I am. Eyes probably were wandering now. Laughter became coughs. <coughs> and, and, uh, and feet shuffling, possibly. The disciples' faith is still young, and perhaps they are a bit confused. Not to mention, during such a time, they never had to openly profess <laughs> Their allegiance of faith, 
Jesus posed the question nonetheless to them. Probably their faces were growing a bit red as the blood gushed to their faces because Jesus is patiently awaiting an answer to the question he posed. Who do you say that I am? Red faces, Peter is bold, or maybe he's just enthusiastic enough to, to blurt out, Figuratively, Peter is here about to walk on the water again. Stepping out in faith, he blurted out. It's probably stammering. The words came out. You, you, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the, the Son of God. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And possibly silence came over the entire group. Heads now nodding, feeling a bit relieved as Jesus positioned himself and then spoke, Simon, how great is your faith? How great is your faith? Whatever and whenever you open your mouth with this faith, things in heaven will be opened. And whenever you shut your mouth with this measure of faith, things will remain shut, not only here, but also in heaven. A high compliment to Peter's tottering belief as he blurted out who Jesus is. But what does this story really tell us, my sisters and brothers? Do you see yourselves in this story this afternoon? Have you allowed the question to be posed to you? Jesus is expecting us to be engaged in the community, in the marketplaces, making him known to others. And then he will pose the question as he did to the disciples to us. Who are people saying that I am? Who are they describing me to be? And you and I ought to have an answer to that question. You and I ought to be taking the pulse of our community, the pulse of the marketplace, the places where you and I are privileged to work, to go to school in your neighborhood. Among all those that you lift up your voice, oftentimes I trust to share Christ with others. Who are they saying that I am? Some... Some will blurt out as they did in response to this question that Jesus posed. Who do people say I am? Some are still declaring that he possibly is John the Baptist. The disciples respond based upon the information they gathered that others are saying that you are the prophet Elijah. Jeremiah, some declare you are another prophet. Others they just don't know. In our day, still many are declaring that he was just a man. Who do people say that Christ is? Who do the ones that you have the opportunity to share him with? What is now their response to the person of Christ, the personality of Christ? 
Two questions. It's amazing. Jesus often makes it simple for us, often posing two questions. We should be able to handle two. Who do others say that I am? And each of us respond to such a question. I give you a moment to reflect. What are people saying in your office? What are people saying in the marketplaces? Let me take it even a bit broader. What are people saying on social media? Who is Jesus Christ? Who is this man Christ? The one whom history has recorded was crucified on Calvary's cross. The one whom many are still debating as to whether he was truly resurrected or not. Who is Christ? And inasmuch as we may get a variety of responses from a myriad of voices out there in the marketplaces, the question then zooms in to you as an individual, as a woman of God, as a man of God, as one who professed Christ and is asking of us today, who is Jesus to you? Who is he? The question being posed again, these two questions. Who is Christ and how would you, how would I choose to respond to this? As Jesus asks of us, who, who do we perceive him to be? Pause. Reflect. I'm not asking for the answers that you possibly gleaned when you were in Sunday school. Bible class reading a good Christian text. In as much as it was good to be taught and it's good to reflect on such teachings and answers that one have gleaned, but it must go deeper, my sisters and brothers. Many times we are hearing within ourselves the same question that Jesus addressed to the apostles. Jesus turns to us and he's asking this Sunday afternoon, who am I for you? Who am I for you? Amidst the chaos that our world is experiencing, amidst the political rivalry, amidst the selfishness that we see in high places, amidst the inequality, amidst the racism, and the list goes on and on, amidst all the voices that you and I are exposed to and are hearing in the media, through social media, Christ is posing the question to us, who is Christ to you? Who is Christ? Who is Jesus for me? Jesus turns to us and he's asking that, who is Jesus Christ? It's easy for us to give a response to what others are saying of him. It's easy for us to even be in dismay as to how so many are not coming to grips with the reality of who he is. But when the question is posed to you and to me, it ought to cause us to be truly sober in mind. And our response truly should be coming from the heart. Our response should not just be a verbal response. This ought to be a heart response. For in order for us to know Jesus truly, you and I, my sisters and brothers, you and I need to travel the path that Peter traveled. For us to know him truly, 
One can only understand, yes, the question that is being posed to Peter, to others, and now to us. One can only fully understand, who am I for you? Within the context of the text, within the context, my sisters and brothers, of this grace that God extends to us. We can only fully understand that when we're willing to travel along this path, this path of grace. Yes, this path of grace and this path of sin, and this path of triumph and this path of failures, this path of the disciples, this path of following Christ. It's only when we are willing to embark and stay the course are we enabled to truly know who Jesus truly is in our response. For our response would then be coming out of an experience. We will be experientially responding to the question as to who Christ is for me, for you, can only be answered out of our experience with him. This day, we ought to allow this question to sink deep. We ought to allow this question to sink deep into both our minds and into both the mind and the heart. What do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Answering the question is not in order for us to get a passing grade. Answering this question, my sisters and brothers, is not so that we will just shine when it comes to theological answers to questions being posed. Understanding who Jesus is tells you and tells me who you and I, who we really are. Knowing who he is enables us to reflect on who we are, for we see ourselves in light of who he is. Holy. Pause. Reflect. Allow the question to sink deep. What Jesus wants to get at is who, who are you? Who are we? What are you about? What am I about? It's amazing how we ask a question that has such deep perplexing meaning, a question being posed as to who he is, is a question that in, in actuality is seeking to give a, a response to who you are and who I am. He asks of us today, he asks of you today, who do people say I am? We know what their answers were. You are Messiah. You're the son of the living God. You're the Holy One of God. And others went on to say, as we find in the scripture text that was read, that were read today, that you are God's Messiah. But what is your answer? What is my answer? What is our answer based upon our journey with him down through these years? What is your answer based upon the, the 22 weeks that we have embraced in prayer? Who is Jesus as you draw closer to him in an intimate walk with him? Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to me? 
Not until we truly settle that in our hearts are we going to be able to declare it with such conviction to others. As you noted in the reading today, Jesus concluded by saying to them, Tell no one, I strictly charge you that you say not who I am to others. Don't give them the answer. Don't show them your answer. They must experience it for themselves. They must come to know me for themselves. And we have seen when we are so quick in giving people answers without them learning the lessons of life for themselves, how so soon they cast the answer aside. Oh, but when you've come to experience him as a doctor, as a doctor in the hospital, you know who he is. When you've come to experience him as being a lawyer for you, when you truly needed some legal assistance, then you can truly attest who he is. When you have come to experience him as the one who loves you despite your sinful failures, then you can truly declare whom you've come to know him to be. Who is Jesus to you? Who is he to me? We read what the account of others were. But this afternoon, the question is being posed to me as it is to you. Who is Christ to you? Not whom you thought him to be some years ago, but presently on this Sunday afternoon. Who is this Christ to you? Oh, I've listened like some of you have to men and women who are just losing their peace, their sense of composure amidst this chaotic pandemic that we are experiencing amidst this uneasiness in the, the political affair of our day, how they're losing their peace and losing their composure. You and I will do the same if we lose sight as to who Messiah is. But knowing who he is and knowing who he is for yourselves will cause you and me to experience a peace unlike none other. For he is who the word of God says he is. And you ought to know him in every aspect of the word as to who he declares himself to be. In that area that you're struggling, he wants to make himself known. He wants you to experience him. In that area, yes, of difficulty, in that area of sickness, in that area of need, he wants to show himself real to you. He wants to show himself as being indeed the answer that you have need of. And yes, and on the world stage, in this whole political affair that the world is experiencing, the uprising and the downsittings, the upheaval, the vitriol and the like, he wants to show himself strong as you and I be still and know that he is whom the word of God declares him to be. Who is Jesus to you? I tell you what, answer that question for each of us so much louder than our voices. And that is the way we live, the way we respond, the way we are presently responding to the things in our world, the things in our lives, the things in our family. Yes, who you and I believe Christ to be is showing itself forth by the way we live each and every day. Who is Jesus to you? Who is he to me? Are we able to declare that he is my Lord, that he is my deliverer, that he is my healer, that he is my life, 
What other words can you insert there? Because this is a personal question. Have you noticed how the disciples were so quick? Each and every one of them seemingly had an answer coming back as to giving a report as to what others in the marketplaces are saying of him. I'm so encouraged when people in the marketplaces open their mouths and engage with us on biblical matters. How I encourage you, my sisters and brothers, to feel also free in lifting your voice in prayer, lifting your voice in testimony, lifting your voice in the proclamation as to who he is. Oh, the people had much to say, and the disciples were privileged to report it back. But then the question was posed to them. The question then turned from others to them. The question turns from others to me, to you, this day, as we are being confronted with the same question. Who? Who do you say that I am? Who am I to you, daughter? Who am I to you, son? You can insert your name because he knows you by your name. And he's asking John, Mary, Martha, Rima, Cassandra, Karen, Courtney. He's asking the question, personal. Who do you say that I am? His words are not academic or theological. His words in the question that he posed is relational. It's not a trick question. It's a question with an outstretched arm for relationship. Who do you say that I am? In your difficulty, in your needs, in your unrest, in light of injustice that you're seeing in the workplace, that you're seeing in the nation, that you're seeing around the world. Who do you say amidst all of that that I am? Reflect. A relational question with no hooks with no barriers, open, inviting. This day, my sisters and brothers, these questions are meant to cause us to think. This very Sunday, these two questions are posed to us and they demand an answer from us. Who are those in your sphere of influence saying of him? And more importantly, who do you say that he is to yourself? There are questions for us to reflect about Jesus and in turn who we are. Because in reflecting on him, we are reflecting on ourselves. Who is Christ? Who is Christ to me? Who is Christ to you? And what are... <laughs> And what are people out there still saying? Do we have a job to do? Do we see the need to bring truth to those that are in error as to who he is? Do we see the need to speak the word of life to those that are yet in dark places? Do we see the need to proclaim him to a world that is still confused 
as to who the personality of Christ is. As followers of Jesus Christ, at any given time of the day, we truly should be able to respond to those questions. What others are saying, and what am I saying of him in this very given moment? Yes, my sisters and brothers, in a few moments we are going to pause for prayer and give you an opportunity as it gives me an opportunity <laughs> to connect with Father at a deeper level, to answer the question for him. The answer is not for me. The answer to the second question is not for your sister and brothers around about you. It's an answer that God wants you to give to him. Who is Christ? Who is Christ to you right now? As you're waiting for change, as you're waiting for healing, as you're waiting for the financial breakthrough, as you're waiting for the relationships to be mended, who is Christ? In the midst of our struggles, who is Christ? In the midst of our waiting, who is Christ? In the midst of pandemic and fear, who is Christ? It's not a theological question, I reiterate. It's a question of relationship. Who is Christ? Can we this afternoon then make a commitment to ourselves? To take time out daily, if need be, daily. To reflect on our relationship with Christ. To reflect on our relationship with Jesus. How will each of us answer this question at any given time of the day? Who is Christ? Who do you say that I am? He asks of me, he asks of you. Sobering. Not much words. Very clear, precise, sobering. Because in answering this question as to who he is to yourself, it's answering also the question with regards to who you are. Who you are. Something to seriously think about this day is the question, who is Christ to you? To think seriously about this week, who is Christ to me? It's about seriously thinking about, most importantly, each and every day as we go forth in this new week. Who is Christ? A few years ago, the young people and the older ones alike were wearing the handbands and the reminders with the WWJD, what would Jesus do? As you know, that was short-lived. And in looking back, one should not be too surprised because if we truly have not truly settled in our hearts as to who he is, and not just have a verbal response, but have a heart response that is displayed by how we live, then we're not going to be looking to seek answers as to what Christ would do in any given situation. But when he becomes truly our Lord, our Savior, 
our master, our healer, our helper, our lover, and the list is endless. That's why it's a question that only you can answer. And John's or Mary's and my answer is not, cannot suffice for yours because your answer will come out of your experience with him who loves you and who has given himself for you. As I close this afternoon, I believe that it was sobering a question, one that possibly began with much excitement as the disciples returned and Jesus Messiah was asking of them for a report. They probably were tripping over each other trying to respond to the question of what others are saying of him. What are people saying of him in your place of work? How about in your very home, in our homes? What are our loved ones saying of him? And if they're not saying much, possibly because you and I need to lift up our voice and give them something to respond to. So it's calling for our engagement, for the ones that are not responding as to who Christ is, for those who may not have heard the name Christ mentioned in a conversation one-on-one -on -one for years, for months, for weeks. It gives us an opportunity then to extend ourselves so that we can pose such questions to people. Not as a trick question, but as an invitational question so that they too can experience in relationship with him. But do not leave without posing the question to yourselves as I would to mine, to myself. Who is Christ to me? I believe that we're closing this afternoon in a sober manner, such as I've perceived the disciples experienced a sobering closure as, <laughs> as the question was posed and only one was able to respond, responded by the enabling of the Holy Spirit. And even when things got difficult, even when things have got so tumultuous, even when others ceased from following after Messiah because they were not getting fishes as much as they wanted as in the past, because they were not seeing what they wanted to see or hear what they wanted to hear, because he was not being quick enough in responding to their needs, because their itching ears has caused them to turn to other voices and to other so-called leaders of their day, other things that rose up and presented themselves as gods to them. Yes, even in the day of Christ, when such opposition rose, and many in droves, hundreds, thousands, ceased from following him, Jesus then posed the question, from this time, many of the disciples, John's account, 6, chapter 6, the 6th verse, through the 6th night. From this time, many of his disciples, yes, many of those who were once following him, turned back with the masses and no longer followed Jesus. Do you know of some today who have done likewise? Turned back and no longer following him? Because the house didn't come in time. 
because the financial returns were not what they were expecting, because the marriage failed, because the children are disobedient and acting out, because the job offer fell through, because they've got fired, because they lost a loved one whom they were praying healing for. For a number of reasons, people turn away from following Christ. John's account in the 6th or 7th verse, Jesus posed the question to the disciples, as I believe is being posed to, to us who consider ourselves to be his disciples today. He says, you do not want to leave too, do you? It's interesting to read that in other renditions of the gospel account. This is coming from the New International Version, reading it in the Living Bible or the King James Version of the text. Jesus asks, do you also want to turn away and cease from following me? He asked the twelve, as he's asking you today, you who feel, well, if I don't feel it, this is going to be like my last Sunday. This is going to be my last week. I'm going to give up. I'm going to go back and do what the folks of the world are doing. And thanks be to God that there's a remnant of God, a remnant of men and women who are allegiance to God. And you are a part of it. Stay the course, my sisters and brothers. Jesus posed the question, do you also want to return to your old ways of living? And Simon Peter answered again. <laughs> Simon Peter answered, Lord, can you answer with him? Oh, yeah, we can borrow his words as we close this afternoon. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe. Have you noted here? We have come to believe. We have not heard, but through the journey of difficult paths, through the ups and the downs, the thorns and the thistles, the triumphs and the failures, we have come to believe and to know, to know experientially through our belief that you are the Holy One. You are the Holy One of God. You have the words of eternal life. For you, Lord Jesus, you are life. Where can we go? Seeking a refuge for our weary souls and needing a friend that can see us to the end. Where can we turn but to God? My sisters and brothers, I trust this as we journey into this new week, this 23rd week of coming into the room of prayer, the virtual room of prayer Monday through Friday. I trust that with a greater conviction of heart, you and I would be able to declare with such conviction who Christ is to us and to be able to say it with such conviction and experience it like Jeremiah did 
as like on the fire in his bone. He said, I can't keep this to myself. I've got to tell somebody else. He saved my soul. He cleansed and made me whole. There is none like him. I tried him and I know him. I find him to be, I found him to be a friend. And daily I'm finding out that he is this and that and the other to me. Continuously revelation of who he is. Who is Christ to you? Not a trick question. Not a theological question. Not a debatable question. It's a relational question, my sisters and brothers. And I would to God that we would be able to give an answer to that continuously by how we live and be a voice that will cry aloud so that those in the marketplaces can have an alternative to what they're holding so tenaciously presently to. Let us bow our hearts before the Lord as each of us this afternoon answer the question that Christ posed, both, if not one, who am I? you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. He who loves you and me calls us into relationship with himself. He wants you to know him so well that nothing can make you doubt him. He wants us to know him so well that nothing can make us doubt him. I know it's difficult times that we're going through the pandemic and going back to work for some, releasing their children back into school for others. But God has not given us that spirit of fear. He goes with us. He wants you and me to know him as our protector, as our shield, as our healer. So let's go forth into this new week with such confidence in not ourselves, but in the Lord. And with regards to our finances, let us continue to look to him. Let us continue to trust him. Let us continue to hear him. Amen. I pray, Father, over everyone in this room today. I pray over their financial affairs that you will enable each one, Lord, to be current with their rent, current with their mortgage, current with their utility bills, current with the responsibilities that are theirs, so that as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, their testimony would be, our testimony would be a good one to those that we have to deal with. And so, Father, is in Christ Jesus' name that I lift up my sisters and brothers before you and their financial affairs, that meat will be found, O Lord, always in their homes, and that not only which to eat, but that which to drink, and that, Father, you would allow the increase to so come, for truly little becomes much when we placed it into your capable hands. And for that we give thanks. And the people of God says, Amen, and Amen, and Amen. Let's go into the furtherance of this day, asking of others as we ask of ourselves. 
who is Christ to us. The Lord bless you and keep you as you go. The Lord does make his face to shine in you. He is gracious unto you. The Lord our God lifts his countenance upon you and he grants you his shalom. May the peace of God rule, rest, and abide with you both now and always as we continue to worship him for the next 25 minutes or so, if time would permit you. Love you. Look forward to seeing some of you in the room on tomorrow. Amen. Praise the Lord.